guys can go in anytime you want to. All right, great. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. I'm Kristen Chesick, the Executive Director of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. And Happy New Year's Eve to everybody out there. It's December 31st, and I have a special guest in studio today. I have Karen Trout, who is the Community Engagement Library in Librarian for the Kalamazoo Public Library. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Kristen. So you're on Creative Cafe, so what is your favorite morning beverage? Oh, coffee. One cup every day. One cup yep. every day. Yep. Coffee, black coffee? Cream, little cream, cream. Uh -huh. yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coffee seems to be the overwhelming uh, a drink of choice in the morning for all people arts related. I'm not <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> we do have we do have some healthy folks that try to do the water or a green tea but um yeah coffee see we keep coming back to coffee which is uh not a bad thing I've I've gone through a phase where I did hot lemon water okay yeah, yeah. you know to like cleanse, to cleanse my system thing, or whatever yeah. I liked it but that was before I ever drank coffee period so now that I drink oh, coffee okay yeah yeah. My, mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> so you are the community engagement librarian, as I just said, uh, for the Kalamazoo Public Library. What does that mean? <laughs> Good question. So community engagement at KPL really is a, an umbrella term for programming and outreach. Um, whereas uh, programming being things that tend to happen at a library location, outreach things that happen outside of a library location, mm -hmm. for instance, with our mobile library or um, any sort of participation that we might take in community festivals, that mm -hmm. kind of thing where we might have a table or that, that sort of thing. So my role um, is I coordinate adult programming mm -hmm. at our various locations. I don't necessarily do it but I help coordinate it with all of the people that do do it. Sure, and, and part of that is the community read, right? Yeah, a big part of that is Reading Together, which is a 20-year-old um, community read. We're actually taking the year off this year just to re-examine mm -hmm. since we've been around for 20 years and decided it might be a good time to evaluate and get some perceptions from the public about the mm -hmm. program, but we expect it to come back strong in 2024. Oh, okay. So, Great. Yeah. And uh, uh, the library just celebrated its 100th birthday? 150th. 150th. Yeah, it's going wow. on. I mean, technically it was October mm -hmm. of this past fall uh -huh. um, that was the 150th anniversary, but we've got things planned throughout the wow. year. Yeah. Yeah, 150 years for, a, for a public library in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I know, right? <laughs> so speaking of 150 years, uh, libraries, they keep records of our history, our thoughts, our stories. Why is it important for us to have a public place for that kind of art form? You know, libraries are, they welcome everybody, mm -hmm. first of all. Um, I think there are a lot of ways that stories are available to the public. I mean, we are of an age where we might have gone to the library with our parents when we were little and spent a lot of time checking out books. I read about an author who, whose parents told her that she 
they needed to move because she finished the library. She oh, my goodness. <laughs> she had read everything in the children's room. And, you know, of <laughs> course, th- things are a little bit different right now. And it's not that um, everybody necessarily has the opportunity to physically come to the library, mm-hmm. although we certainly hope that's the case. And we um, really try to promote reading aloud to your children and um checking out books and they can learn so much about the world through everything. I mean, I would say the fairy tale section of the children's room at Kalamazoo Public Library is the largest section in mm-hmm. the juvenile nonfiction. And there are tales from all across the world and all different versions and they're timeless. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that the library makes available to families and to children. And then you can go to the local history room and find records of an index of the Kalamazoo Gazette Mm -hmm. back to when it first started being published. And so, you know, when you talk about stories and history, it's all accessible and not just physically. As we know now, you can access a lot of it online. Right, right. So you can you can actually get books from the library online. Yeah, you can do ebooks and and e audio books and you know they, it. As I say, it's changed, and it's not even just books anymore. Although that's getting away from the idea of stories, but yeah. we have a library of things where you can check out carpet cleaners and cake pans and uh-huh. Wi-Fi hotspots. I mean, we're trying to remove as many barriers mm-hmm. as we can for using the library in the way that is most useful to you. Sure, sure. I did not know any of that. Yeah, it's That's... it's pretty amazing. The carpet cleaners have a huge wait list. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to get on the end of that wait list. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling you. I did not realize that. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, about the children's section and being able to, and yes, as children we would go, I know my mother took us to listen to people read to us. We also checked out books. It was always a summer event because she wanted us to read through the summer to make sure that we oh, were yeah. still engaged in some way yeah. and not out in the neighborhood causing trouble, which <laughs> I think we managed to do both, <laughs> which was cool. Um, but what is so special about reading aloud to others? Oh, gosh. Um, I I can only respond to that as somebody who loves to read aloud. I mean, I yeah. um, loved doing it as a child. It's kind of a family joke that I every excuse I could find to say, oh, could I read that to you out loud? That's still sort of the, the thing that I get teased about all the time. But, boy, when I had my own children and I was able to start reading not only the picture books that we would buy or check out, you know, but Harry Potters and all of those. In fact, I just was saw a friend recently who has a high school student who still loves to have her read aloud Mm -hmm. to him. And um, so I don't know if I know why it's special. I know when I listen to something being read aloud, um, I'm able to do other things. You know, I can sort of multitask while that's going on. Um, like listening to a podcast or a book on tape kind of deal? Exactly. Okay. And then also working on some sort of craft project while I'm listening. You know, I feel right. like it allows me to do both um, in a way that I can't always do that, sure. you know, listening to music or I don't know. 
I can't. Sure. I'm, I don't think I have a really good answer for why <laughs> reading aloud is special. I just believe it is. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you used to read to your kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think if you ask them, we don't think about it a lot, but thinking back, those of us who had that opportunity that our parents or uh, an adult read to us, mm-hmm. that is special. That's a, a time in which we're uh, connecting and there's not, there's no screen, there's no, and we're having an experience together, creative experience together, but someone is taking their time and energy and devoting it to you definitely it it definitely I think creates that bond Mm -hmm. as well as you know helping children learn to read when they Mm -hmm. are being read to aloud that's helping them develop their own reading skills for when they go to school so sure yeah there's all kinds of reasons so uh, later in the program here, we're going to have you read to us. <laughs> yes. And, and I, that's um, a special, it's a special time of year uh, for a lot of folks who are celebrating different traditions in their family. And I know that uh, at this time of year, stories come up because we, we like to hear the same stories. Uh, we like to experience traditions. Yes. And a lot of times that's either oral or written. Mm-hmm. Um, And it is New Year's Eve, so I think I need to ask you, do you have any New Year's resolutions? (laughs) I I tend not to, but uh, thinking that might come up, I I would like to travel more. And part of that also then means I need to be more fit. And so, you know, it's a it's kind of cliche, but that's something I've already been working on for myself personally. And uh, so I think I'll just continue that and try to have knees that will take me places when I go traveling and, you know, be able to withstand not too much adventure, but maybe a little bit. Well, sure. Well, that's always important. And yes, I know some some folks don't do New Year's resolutions. Some people are religious about it. Yes. But um, especially post-pandemic, being able to travel more now, get mm. out, see the world. Yes, we all need to, to find ways to do that. Definitely. So you're going to read to us. Yes. Um, and you brought with you today... A letter from Santa Claus? Correct. By Mark Twain. Correct. What does this story mean to you? Well, you know, we were talking about how stories are timeless. And the fact that this is something that was written in 1875. Mm -hmm. um, I will say it's not so much a story as it is just a really heartwarming display of a father's love for his daughter Mm -hmm. and I would think that that might be something that just about any father might be able to relate to when you hear um, how he expresses his love for his daughter as Santa Uh so oh okay all right so a letter from Santa Claus by Mark Twain okay And when we come back, A Letter from Santa Claus by Mark Twain. Palace of St. Nicholas in the Moon, Christmas Morning. My dear Susie Clemens, I have received and read all the letters which you and your little sister have written me by the hand of your mother and your nurses, 
and I have also read those which you little people have written me with your own hands. For although you did not use any characters that are in grown people's alphabets, you used the character which all children in all lands on earth and in the twinkling stars use. And as all my subjects in the moon are children and use no character but that, you will easily understand that I can read your and your baby sister's jagged and fantastic marks without any trouble at all. But I had trouble with those letters which you dictated through your mother and the nurses, for I am a foreigner and cannot read English writing well. You will find that I made no mistakes about the things which you and the baby ordered in your own letters. I went down your chimney at midnight when you were asleep and delivered them all myself, and kissed both of you too, because you are good children, well-trained, nice-mannered, and about the most obedient little people I ever saw. But in the letters which you dictated, there were some words which I could not make out for certain, and one or two small orders which I couldn't fill because we ran out of stock. Our last lot of kitchen furniture for dolls has gone to a very poor little child in the North Star, away up in the cold country above the Big Dipper. Your mama can show you that star. And you will say, Little Snowflake, for that is the child's name, I'm glad you got that furniture, for you need it more than I. That is, you must write that with your own hand, and Snowflake will write you an answer. If you only spoke it, she wouldn't hear you. Make your letter light and thin, for the distance is great and the postage very heavy. There was a word or two in your mama's letter which I couldn't be certain of. I took it to be trunk full of doll's clothes. Is that it? I will call at your kitchen door about nine o'clock this morning to inquire, but I must not see anybody, and I must not speak to anybody but you. When the kitchen doorbell rings, George must be blindfolded and sent to open the door and then he must go back to the dining room or the china closet and take the cook with him. You must tell George he must walk on tiptoe and not speak, otherwise he will die someday. Then you must go up to the nursery and stand on a chair or the nurse's bed and put your ear to the speaking tube that leads down to the kitchen. And when I whistle through it, you must speak in the tube and say, Welcome Santa Claus! Then I will ask whether it was a trunk you ordered or not. If you say it was, I shall ask you what color you want the trunk to be. Your mama will help you to name a nice color. And then you must tell me every single thing in detail which you want the trunk to contain. Then when I say, goodbye and a Merry Christmas to my little Susie Clemens, you must say, Goodbye, good old Santa Claus, and thank you very much. And please tell that little snowflake I will look at her star tonight, and she must look down here. I will be right in the West Bay window, and every fine night I will look at her star and say, I know somebody up there, and like her too. Then you must go down in the library and make George close all the doors that open into the main hall and everybody must keep still for a little while. I will go to the moon and get those things, and in a few minutes I will come down the chimney which belongs to the fireplace that is in the hall, 
if it is a trunk you want, because I couldn't get such a thing as a trunk down the nursery chimney, you know. People may talk, if they want to, till they hear my footsteps in the hall. Then you tell them to keep quiet a little while till I go back up the chimney. Maybe you will not hear my footsteps at all, so you may go now and then and peep through the dining room doors, and by and by you will see that thing which you want, right under the piano in the drawing room, for I shall put it there. If I should leave any snow in the hall, you must tell George to sweep it into the fireplace, for I haven't time to do such things. George must not use a broom, but a rag, else he will die some day. You must watch George and not let him run into danger. If my boot should leave a stain on the marble, George must not wholly stone it away. Leave it there always in memory of my visit. And whenever you look at it or show it to anybody, you must let it remind you to be a good little girl. Whenever you are naughty and someone points to that mark which your good old Santa Claus's boot made on the marble, what will you say, little sweetheart? Goodbye for a few minutes till I come down to the world and ring the kitchen doorbell. Your loving Santa Claus, whom people sometimes call the man in the moon. You've been listening to A Letter from Santa Claus by Mark Twain, as read by Karen Trout, who is the Community Engagement Librarian at the Kalamazoo Public Library. Karen, thank you so much. That was a wonderful story. Thank you. I enjoyed reading it. Good. So hopefully uh, you will make some time for the Kalamazoo Public Library in the new year for you and your family. It sounds like there's all sorts of things that you can enjoy doing, including reading to each other. Don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, New Year's Fest, downtown Kalamazoo. Uh, You can get your buttons there at the Big Tent in Bronson Park for $10. And I hope everybody has a safe and happy, joyous New Year's Eve.